Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast for the Maricopa County Library District. In today's episode, we will be discussing three different titles that you can check out from your library. They are There There by Tommy Orange, Long Way Down by Jason Reynolds, and You Can't Touch My Hair and Other Things I Still Have to Explain by Phoebe Robinson. Hello everybody, this is Jen and Caroline at Southeast Regional Library. And today we are going to be going over a few titles that we have each read recently that we thought um, were really great and also very diverse. To start out, we are going to be going over the book There, There. Caroline, have you read Have you read this book? No, I haven't. It's actually on my to-read list, but I have not gotten to it just yet. It's really, really good. Oh, um, I'm so excited. I have to say also, and this is totally not on topic, the cover is beautiful. It's uh, bright orange with like feathers. It says There, There. I, I literally, for the longest time, thought that the author's name was Tammy Orange. It does look like Tammy. I was so confused. And then I started reading the book, and then I went and I looked at the author's biography. It's Tommy. <laughs> this book is written by Tommy Orange. Um, and it is, it is wonderful. It's just as a quick summary, it's about a bunch of different individuals. It's written from kind of the point of view of 13 different characters. And I, oh. I list out a few of them that I was like particularly impacted by. We have Tony, Opal, Edwin. They're each kind of describing their life and their, like, their individual like, identity and stories that are leading up to the main event. Like The big part of the book is the big Oakland powwow. Oh, wow. So it's in Oakland. And the author kind of, the intent of his work, as I have perceived it, is kind of to cover like, the stories and experiences of what he and what people call urban Indians. So people who have been kind of obviously like dis- displaced and placed into cities, but they have come to kind of like own the city and like it is their, um, it is it is their home, but. Like they're adapted or adopted home kind adop- of thing. Yeah, adopted, but a, a, good, a good part of the book kind of says they belong to the city and the city belongs to the earth. So okay. just kind of the connectedness amongst the buildings, just everything about how much you would think that you know and feel comfortable in your own home. The entire group and each individual experiences that in the city of Oakland, specifically in this book. We start out with a character named Tony Loneman, and he uh, has fetal alcohol syndrome. This is, this is kind of important. It's a recurring theme. He, he knows his face looks different, and it kind of starts out with him learning that as a, as a child. Mm. And he has always said that he's able to see the masks that people put on. So like he, it, when he's interacting with somebody, he says they're wearing a mask. If you just stick around like a second longer, you can see their true intent basically. But his character actually like brackets the book. So he starts out at the very beginning and at the very end. Oh, cool. His story is very sad. I'm not going to give anything away if you want to read it because I want you to read it. But, and if anybody who is listening has read the book, they know how powerful each of these stories are. And then his in particular. We also have somebody named Opal. Her full name is Opal Viola Victoria Bearshield. Her and her sister uh, Jackie's story is really interesting as well. We are introduced to them by basically their mom uh, takes them and they live on Alcatraz Island during the occupation uh, by the Native Americans of of Alcatraz. It's really interesting, but it's kind of heart-wrenching at the same time. But basically a, a big part of this is as you're learning about all these characters, you are seeing kind of how their lives are interwoven. They're either related, like related, related, or brief instances in their life impact each other in ways all leading up to the powwow. Um, 
which is kind of where they're going to come together and something happens at the powwow. This is the most important part. I almost forgot. <laughs> I think that you should read this book. But if you don't have time or you don't have um, basically the time, read the prologue, read the interlude, because the prologue and the interlude are two, like, they're groups of essays, short essays each. The prologue talks about basically like the hist history of like the trauma that has been happening to Native Americans basically since people from abroad started landing here. Um, it's really important to read. It will hit you and kind of make you understand, obviously, like the backstory of each of the characters because it's generational trauma that is influencing everybody's story. And even people who like have adopted the city as they are growing up, everything is still informed by that trauma that's been happening. Right. And then the interlude is another group of essays, but it kind of talks more specifically about like current event, like current events that are happening. So like powwows, um, name, like the naming conventions that have happened. I would really suggest just reading those even right off, like when you pick up the book, just even read the prologue and the interlude because I feel like they're pretty powerful. That's really cool. I like books that have multiple voices and multiple perspectives, but I'm always nervous that they're not going to like gracefully interweave them together like somebody's gonna get left out or something's gonna be clunky so i'm glad that they all kind of come together in different ways and like kind of pass and intersect with each other before like the final yeah big group together and that i think is to attribute it to the author too like the author i don't understand well and this is probably because i read a, a lot of like books that are just like i don't know, i don't want to say any book is like a nothing book or like a junk food book because every book is great but this is like definitely like a high caliber of writing. This is inspiring. <laughs> there are heavier books than others. Yes. And it's, it's one of those, I don't know, one of those important books that I think you, that you should read. The author definitely does that. And you feel like literally you're rooting for each character. You know what I mean? Like you, I don't know. And you know that like they're going to be going to the powwow because it's kind of like mentioned throughout. But it makes you like ache. There is actually a line. I am going to read a quote. Okay. So Tony reads with his grandma and um, this line kind of almost explains like how I felt reading the book. Um, he's talking about re reading with his grandma each night. It's one of those things where you feel feelings that you didn't know you could feel because you're like learning about things and experiencing things through author's words that are making you un have more understanding. So he says, I like it though, because when I do get it, I get it way down at that place where it hurts, but it feels better because you feel it something you couldn't feel before reading it that makes you feel less alone and like it's not going to hurt as much anymore. So I feel like I can definitely relate to that, but especially and more importantly, the characters in this book, I know, can relate to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Experiencing those feelings. That's cool. And I think that kind of ties back to what you were saying about like that being a little bit more of like a heavy, like important book. Like Sometimes you read a book and it's about things that you've experienced or related to and you can recognize all of the feelings in them because you've probably, you know, like the high school books, like mm -hmm. boy drama, you know, whatever else. But then there are books like that where you may not have personally experienced what the characters are experiencing, mm -hmm. but they're describing a feeling or a sentiment that you're like, wow, like that, that rings totally true to something that I have felt before. And I can't relate directly to what they're experiencing, but I can relate to this experience of feeling something so deep down mm -hmm. that like you really, really feel it. That's yeah, cool. Exactly. It is. And I think that's actually one of like kind of the overarching themes, like storytelling. The author uses stories within each character's like history and background to illustrate these like points that are honestly are just like mind blowing. You know what I mean? 
as you're reading it through. But yeah. So that basically uh, sums it up for There There, written by Tommy Oren. I not Tammy. <laughs> I know it's not Tammy. It's Tommy. And Tommy, if you ever listen to this, I don't know if you will. I'm sorry that I thought your name was Tammy. <laughs> Tammy's also a good name. I'm just saying. It's a great it's name. Not the it's name not his name. Of the author. <laughs> All right. So what books did you read, Caroline? I read Long Way Down by Jason Reynolds. It's in our teen section, but I honestly think that it's one that could really resonate with adults too. Um, it's, I wish that words could speak to how powerful this book is. It's a novel in verse, and that's why I was initially drawn to it because I love novels in verse or like narrative verse. Um, anything that reads like poetry, I just gobble up. Um, but the story is what I really loved and was really attached to and kind of haunted by. It's about a boy named Will whose brother is murdered, his brother Sean. And Sean and Will are both black and they live in kind of a gang riddled neighborhood. And the rules, that's in quotes, the rules of their community dictate that Sean must seek, I'm sorry, Will must seek revenge for Sean. So Will steps onto the elevator of his apartment building with a gun in his waistband, ready to like exact justice for his brother. And when he steps onto the elevator, when the elevator doors open, he's greeted with a familiar face. And every time this elevator gets to a new floor, he's greeted by someone else from his past that he knows. And it's kind of like, a I want to call it like magical realism book. These are almost like ghosts of his past that he's meeting on this elevator ride down, almost like a, a like feeling of consciousness, like coming to him on this ride down. He's already really unsure about having to go exact the rules and having to go follow through with this just because they're rules that he doesn't necessarily live by and he didn't even really know that Sean lived by them. He didn't want to admit that his brother was kind of involved with these like gang riddled communities, but the elevator ride down starts to help him kind of experience a revelation and change his mind about whether or not he should go murder the person that murdered his brother. And it's this like domino effect where, you know, someone that Sean knew murdered this person's friend and then on and on and on before that. And it's kind of on will to like stop this pattern of violence begetting violence, mm -hmm. which is like so powerful. And Sean and Will are both teenagers. So it's on a teenager to like shoulder the weight of violence in his community and be the person to like put a stop to it. But at the same time, like prove that he's a man and prove mm -hmm. that he's willing to fight for his family and prove that he cares about his brother and like wants justice for his brother. It's a crazy book. And Jason Reynolds is a really, really incredible author. He's written a, a couple of other books um, on race and a few that I have like on my to read list right now. But this one was really, really emotional and really powerful. And it reads really fast by nature of it being a novel in verse, but even faster because it is so like it's just so gripping and you want to get to the end and see like, does Will make what, the right choice? What? Yeah. Like what, what does Will do? Like, yeah. does this revelation he's having in the elevator, is it enough to change his mind? Or like, is the, are the set of rules in his community so ingrained in him that like he feels like he has to go do this? It's like, it's a total test of his morals and like test of his judgment. And, and again, he's only a kid. It's crazy. It was, it's a really, really powerful book. And, I would be shocked if anyone who picked this up didn't fly through it like an elevator off its rails, which 
no pun intended. It really, <laughs> it is just so, it's really, really powerful. It, that was a good one. I need to read it. I like that you mentioned magical realism. That is a subject that I want to read more of. Me too. Um, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't read a ton in, the, in that genre. I know I want to read House of the Spirits, mm. but that's really interesting. It also, don't make fun of me, but I think that this reminds me kind of, not totally, but of uh, A Christmas Carol, where yeah. he's seeing, seeing people come and kind of like make him, making him experience like what, what could be, what should be based on his decisions. Yeah. No, that's totally very similar. Yeah. And it's, you know, one of those things where you wake up and you're, or you're, you know, kind of awoken by it and you're like, did that really happen? Did like, did I just come to that on my own or was that all real? Yeah, I thought that that was really cool. I read a book called Are You Listening? And it was very similar where it's this magical realism. And even as I was reading it, I was like, what is really happening? Yeah. <laughs> what's really going on? And like, are are they experiencing something I'm not? Like, what's happening? So, I, yeah, I liked that. I have to read more in that genre because I just don't read enough of it. And it's to the point where, like, it still trips me up. Yeah. Every once in a while when I read magical realism, like, what's happening am i losing it are they losing it our brains (laughs) are so used to just like being rooted in reality and we're thinking we're reading just like a typical fiction book yes (laughs) i want to have my hand held through an entire story and just gently place me at the point of the book i don't want to have to like walk there on my own sometimes but this one was worth yeah it was worth like fighting through that kind of like what's happening here Mm -hmm. what what are we doing it was really good it's really good okay i will well you sold me on it i'll read it (laughs) <laughs> Yay. I'm so glad it was. Yeah, it's a really, really good one. I mean, it's not, you know, necessarily like a happy book, yeah. but I think that it's important that diverse books are also speaking to like the actual events happening in these mm-hmm. communities. And and that's a real thing for a lot of people. So yeah. it's not something that I can really, again, like something like we were talking about with They're There. It's not something that I can relate to personally, but I can relate to the notion of like not knowing what's right and what's wrong and both things kind of being right and wrong at the same time so that kind of just struggle with morality is totally relatable yeah yeah that's wonderful thank you you for sharing of course i have a happier one if you want to yeah i want to know the happy happy one one. i want to know it um so i also read you can't touch my hair and other things i still have to explain by phoebe robinson and phoebe robinson is a stand-up comic so everything that she says is kind of told with this code of humor, um, but she really tells it like it is when it comes to this book. She talks a lot about race, um, but she talks also a lot about just like a lot of the things that we're experiencing in the world right now. Um, she, She details a lot of the questions she's been asked, like, and these are quotes. She was asked why she likes Billy Joel, because isn't that white people music? <laughs> Which I thought was so funny. I, I mean, I love Billy Joel. <laughs> and, um, and people do ask her if they can touch her hair. Um, and on the picture, uh, the picture on the cover is of Phoebe, and she's got this beautiful afro. And it is, it's, I mean, it's huge, and it looks fluffy and wonderful. But, of course, people are always saying, like, can I touch your hair? She's like, oh, no, would you ask goodness. that of, like, a, a white person with curly hair or a white no. person with straight hair? It's just a weird thing to say to someone, especially since it's such a personal, mm-hmm. like, no, you can't touch me. <laughs> That's weird. No. Um but she also tackles pop culture events. Um, she she gives really funny, really candid advice to whoever the first female president will be. I think this was written in like the beginning or middle of 2016. So at this point, she refers to Hillary Clinton. But okay. um, 
the advice is kind of more general in, in terms of like who the first female president may be someday. And um, she wrote a chapter that I really enjoyed. Again, it's a little like guised in humor because it's just who she is and it's just what she does. Um, but tackling sports leagues that let their players get away with committing crime and, yeah. you know, kind of giving them a slap on the wrist and then letting them continue to play. She specifically calls out the NFL um, and letting their players kind of commit domestic violence outside of the field and then, you know, maybe like a two-game suspension and come right mm -hmm. back. Um, so I thought that chapter was really interesting. And she does tie it back to race, but she talks more just broadly about how, like, if these people didn't have celebrity, they wouldn't be celebrated and they wouldn't be continuing to do what they do for a career after having done something like yeah. like domestic violence or something else like that. So yeah, she's not afraid to tackle really anything and she does it really honestly, but with this little bit of humor and wit and sass. And I really mm -hmm. appreciated that because it, it lightens it up a little bit, but it's not a subject that really needs to be lightened up. Like it deserves all the power that she gives it and all the honesty. So I really enjoyed it. I think if, if people are trying to get invested in diverse books and maybe get invested in books about like race and some of the more like mm -hmm. problematic things in society, that's a really good one to start with. Um, it doesn't, you know, like come at you really quickly with all the problems because it's coded in humor. So it's a really, really good book and it's a great place to start if that's kind of where you want to head yeah. with your reading. That's really good. Yeah, it was a good one. I like that one. All right, well that about wraps it up for our discussion on a few different titles. This is Jen. And Caroline. From Southeast Regional Library, and we hope you have a great day. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Remember to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Find us and follow on social media where we are at MCLDAZ. Don't forget to stay tuned. Next week's episode will be a discussion on classic literary titles.